What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast with me, your host, The Bishop, TW Takes. Do not forget, do not forget, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TW Takes Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Email me with all your terrible takes at bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. It's now time for more Terrible Wrestling Takes. Oh shit, here we go. Wasn't too confident about doing a SmackDown recap, but could do the whole thing with Raw. You know, Raw was a solid show. So I figured let's let's put them together, you know. Um, let's do SmackDown and Raw together. Kind of just a, a whole recap, you know. But uh, I guess the whole thing together you get a clear picture on what's going to happen pushing towards wrestlemania you know things are starting to settle out um the the last two shows have been a little wonky but in the whole picture it's it's more the storyline that's kind of pushing forward you know the the matches kind of seem to be secondary uh so let's let's go back to smackdown a little bit um Dominic and Corbin stuff. I'm feeling I'm feeling a little out of place here. Uh, we had this tease from Rey Mysterio a couple weeks ago, saying that he's gonna have to do it Dominic's way, or Dominic's gonna have to do it Rey's way, and Rey knows just the guy, and we haven't seen that guy, so I don't think that's ever gonna happen, right? Where's that Where's that big help gonna come from? You know, they're they're telling this, and we're getting pieces and pieces, but the whole story could be. You know, more beneficial with the payoff to what Ray was talking about, but I don't know if we're ever going to get that. It's just Dominic and Corbin going back and forth, and you know, huge fan of Corbin. So you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Cesaro had a, their best match together than they had uh, the previous two, but the whole story that they're telling seems like it's uh, Cesaro. A lot of people called it turning babyface just off of one match. I, I could see that. I could see that the the show of respect doesn't make you a baby face off the bat, especially the way they beat the shit out of each other. So, let's see where uh, where this goes. Uh, Cesaro got busted open, which you know is always pretty cool when it happens on accident and you know nobody gets fucked up. But the whole match itself was was really good. Uh, the fact that Daniel Bryan tapped out, I saw a lot of people on Twitter go, "Wait, has Daniel Bryan ever tapped on TV?" I, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, but putting over the sharpshooter like that, uh, pretty fucking cool. Uh, we haven't seen somebody use a sharpshooter to to a decisive victory in a long time. Uh, we got we got a match that I've been pining for for a long time. I think a lot of us who dig women's wrestling wanted this match for a long time, and that's Ruby Riot versus versus Bailey. And this Bailey this Bailey has been doing some some really really good shit. And I thought the match was fun, but I would have preferred about twenty minutes of it. You know, um, I, I would really like to see the Riot Squad push towards the tag titles in some way, shape, or, shape or form. Uh, you know, Ruby is good, but the whole Riot Squad together is the the better version of what Ruby is at this moment, especially the way they are are gelling. So, uh, and then I found it interesting that at the end of the match, uh, Billy Kay is giving her resume to Bailey. So, looks like we're going to get another wrinkle here in the Billy Kay storyline. Shout out to Marsh who hates Billy Kay, but, you know, I'll take her. You don't have to have her. She she can be all mine. And the missus. The missus fucks with her, too. Um, 
a big, 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 big story on SmackDown. You know, before we get into that, let's go to uh, the the last non-important thing on SmackDown. And that's the, the Bianca segment. Uh, you know, she came out talking her shit. And, you know, it's it's better than I thought it was going to be. So I'll give her credit for that. Uh, Reginald comes out and he's he's got a presence. You know, it's very, very uh, subdued. Um, you know, the, the foreign accent. Not really sure exactly what he's... He's from, if it's an islands thing, if it's a, a European thing, uh, you know, it has this mix of like French or Caribbean. And of course, there's a lot of French influence in the Caribbean. So, you know, I, I don't, if they said where he's from, I'm not really sure. Uh, but it seems the whole package of Reggie is going to be something special down the line. Um, but. Carmella comes out and she's talking her shit and Sasha comes out and she's talking her shit and I, I don't think we're going to go down the triple threat angle um, just because of my I don't know my my particular feelings on Carmella since she's been back you know it, it's not that it's too much too soon it's too much without you know real build uh, I'm loving the matches for sure absolutely loving the matches but I just don't like when your challenger keeps losing and losing and losing. And it's not that I wanted to win the title off of Sasha because I definitely think Sasha deserves it. But it's a matter of what's what story is making sense here. And I think the whole story is is not really being told uh, necessarily the right way to make me care that Carmella has another title shot, if that makes sense. So um, and. The one major takeaway the missus and I talked about uh, when this happened is Carmella stood in that ring and she was the star. And I find that to be fascinating. We don't get Carmella portrayed as the star. She gets portrayed as her place in the business, as her place on the show. But she's never, she, she, you know, she gets the grand entrance. She gets the funny mic stuff. She definitely gets TV time. But the, the, when we're walking away, the whole picture of what Carmella is is never the, the she's the star. Even when she was running her title run, you know, she was a heel that you were supposed to hate. Uh, when she was doing all the stuff with R-Truth, you know, it, it was about the comedy, not, not just the presence. And I think the presence of Carmella on Friday just screamed star. She stood out to me uh, above Bianca and Sasha. And I find that to be uh, very interesting because I didn't, I didn't come away planning to feel that way. Uh, for me, the biggest thing that happened on SmackDown is that Jey Uso is back. With Jey Uso being back, you have Roman and his muscle now. Uh, the one thing I didn't like about it is the show started out and they were chanting, you suck, and you're piping that in. It's To me, I, I remember writing down in my, my notes here that it was just an epic epic bad move it encourages those chants when live crowd comes back they're going to try to hijack the the promos and everything with you sucks it's not it's not worth it it's not worth it when the audience comes back and you have a live crowd yes roman will get cheered but if you're gonna if you're gonna pipe in you sucks for roman um that was a big hurdle he had to overcome early on he doesn't have to anymore. He is awesome in the ring, and he's doing phenomenal mic work. But the way they piped it in on Friday 
was as if they wanted the crowd to be that loud and fucking annoying when they come back. And if that happens, I'll be very, very pissed off. You know, um, I think I think what what Roman's doing just shouldn't be tainted with by by external opinions. Yes, I know wrestling is supposed to be a a all-encompassing activity. You know, they're supposed to work the crowd. The crowd's supposed to garner the emotions that they're trying to elicit. But having you suck chance before they do anything just doesn't doesn't add up to me. But one thing's for sure, the the whole range of emotions that we're getting from Roman and Edge are literally the two best promos in the business right now. I mean, Edge is operating on another level. I've never, never, ever, ever been a fan of Singles Edge. I've never bought into anything he does. He never, he never moved the needle for me whatsoever. But the whole presentation of Edge at the end of the Royal Rumble going forward has been this. He's just he's uplifted every single show just by having the microphone in his hand. What he did to Drew post Rumble. When uh when 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 Sheamus kicked him in the face after the promo, trying to you know, put put in people's minds that, on the whole, Edge is is smarter, more strategic than the rest of, of the roster. I mean, he did it to he did it to Drew, saying you know why would you show me your cards this way? He did it to to Finn Balor, and and Pete Dunne, and and this one on SmackDown with Roman. He fucking, you know he. He basically allowed Roman to get so frustrated to the point that he's becoming unhinged just by simply playing along. I mean, the the whole emotion set that Roman is putting out there is having you feeling like he's got this, but he's becoming unhinged. But he has certain aggression and, you know, Paul Heyman reacting to uh, Roman's Roman's outburst. I mean, it's all all right there. I mean, look when 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 Roman is saying, you know, why aren't you acknowledging me as the challenger? There's no one else to pick, and you need to be here. And because you know, a, a part of Roman getting angry was the fact that Edge didn't even show up yet at the beginning of the show, and then he has he, he requires Edge to come out at the end of the show. And, you know, when, when Edge came out and just fucking was like, look, man, it's all good. You know, and Roman's like, you better acknowledge me as your tribal chief, as your main event. And by you not doing that, I'm going to fuck you up. And the only thing I didn't like is that it seemed like the grand payoff was just another Kevin Owens sneak attack. And, again, the matches are outstanding. The matches are so fucking fun. But we just don't need another Roman KO match. Now, I saw a lot of people saying that, well, since Jay is back and KO did the sneak attack, we're going to definitely get an Edge and KO versus Jay and, and Roman. And yes, of course, I'm here for it. I'll watch it. I just, I don't know if we're leading towards an Edge Roman, are we going to get Jay and KO at WrestleMania? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's KO going to do? What's his, what's his spot in all of this? And... You know, I'm really, I'm really curious, really, really curious about all that. But that's the whole, that's the whole uh, SmackDown for me. You know, it was very, very quick show. 
I didn't think there was a lot to talk about. You know, they like I said, they had some storylines going. Uh, you know, the, the wrestling was okay. You know, I mean, we had we had two really good matches and a third one. And if we had more than that, I didn't write it down. <laughs> but the whole show was a solid, solid show. You know, but that's what SmackDown does, gives you a solid show. I just thought it left a little bit to be desired. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of just missing just really, really great wrestling. And I think that's what, you know, maybe I just got to wait until Sunday for for TakeOver Vengeance. Um, you know, uh, which we're not going to do a watch along. It's Valentine's Day. Let me and Mrs. TW Takes have our time to ourselves. Uh, but, yeah, let's let's move on to the whole show of Raw. I found Raw to be a very annoying show, and I had to use Twitter as an outlet. And I got schooled a little bit. Uh, I didn't I didn't take down Twitter names. I should have. Give some people some credit. But uh, I put out a Twitter poll when they announced the Elimination Chamber match. And Drew is going to defend against The Miz, who has money in the bank. Randy Orton, again. Sheamus, who's looking for a one-on-one match. AJ, which of course, and Jeff Hardy, who's old as dirt. And we don't dig Jeff Hardy in this house. This podcast, we're not big fans of Jeff Hardy. And at first, I'm like, it's stupid. I don't fucking like it. And then 12 out of 15, of 12 out of the first 15 votes go, yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm like, why? Doesn't make any fucking sense. And then Edge's promo later on in the night is like, yeah. Anyone who comes out of Elimination Chamber is going to have their ass handed to him. And I definitely don't like Drew's odds. And I'm like, hmm, just a way to get it off him. But number one, when they announced The Miz, I'm like, the guy has fucking money in the bank. He's in the Royal Rumble. He doesn't need a second opportunity. If you have money in the bank and you get a title shot, you're a waste of a body on TV. I need Otis to have his money in the bank briefcase be more entertaining than The Miz has been. The only uplift The Miz has had with this briefcase was that promo after the Gilberg and and David Crumholt segment. That's it. That's the only time he made the briefcase look more legit than Otis did. That's it. And they've had it roughly the same amount of time. It's not making sense. This shit needs to needs to end and stop putting people with contender shots in the match. I mean in 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 title matches. For instance, if if Edge goes well, let's just have a title match now. But he still doesn't cash in the Royal Rumble because the Royal Rumble is supposed to be at WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is fucking stupid. So the Miz doesn't need money in the bank. If anything proves the Miz doesn't need money in the bank, it's the fact that he's in a fucking title match. It's so fucking stupid. So stupid. And then, yeah, shout to whoever it was on Twitter. I forgot who said it. You know, my apologies. But you had the perfect opportunity to put Kofi in the Elimination Chamber and have uh, have him injured by retribution, quote, nobody's going to know, and Ali step in. The story writes itself. And then it turns out that it's Ali's fault, and then they have a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. Ali still doesn't get his shot at the title. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you, you could have given us something so much more, yet, you know, yes, I, I can't be shitting on what's on TV, but when you look at when you look at what you could have done, like, I watched the India Spectacular, and Jinder was there. And Jinder didn't look bad. He looked pretty good. You know, his his physique is on point, and his physicality in the ring was pretty fucking good, too. Why isn't Jinder in this? 
Why isn't that a surprise entry? And I just named Kofi and Jinder, who are still both former WWE champions. So if you take The Miz out and you put in Kofi, if you take out Jeff, uh, Jeff Hardy, and you put in Jinder, is that not a better match? I mean, Randy's in there, and Randy's in there because he's Randy. He always gets title shots. We don't need that either. You know, Keith Lee showed up tonight, and shouts to Keith Lee. Looked like he lost some weight. Hopefully uh, it wasn't for corona reasons. Uh, if it was, glad he's well. Hopefully Mia Yim's doing well too. Uh, he had a fucking awesome match with Riddle, which it was match of the night until another one that came on later. You know, but uh, but yeah, I thought, you know, I think we all thought that this this elimination chamber would have been uh, set up a little bit better. Now, I do see people talking that, well, you know, it's only in 13 days. They have two weeks to prepare for it. No, you have months to prepare. And then you make the adjustments as shit can't happen. I get that. And I fully feel like this was actually going to be Keith Lee's Royal Rumble win. You know, but but the Rona took him out. And that's, you know, that's fine storyline-wise. Because um, the way Edge is cutting promos, dude is dude is unhinged. Unhinged talking promos. Uh, you know, again, the shit that he's done on every single show has just gotten me invested. And I'm not an Edge guy. So shouts to that. But anyway, yeah, I thought I really did think that uh, that gender would have been part of the Elimination Chamber. Uh, give us that that match that we're kind of looking for. Uh, again, I want Drew to have the title off of him. But uh, but you know the whole the whole story that they're telling it it it's got to end up somewhere. Um, I, I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, you know, maybe they're waiting to do a title change on Peacock. If you know, shout out to Kevlar on the rocks. You know, he thinks everything's being done for the Peacock deal, and I can see that. You know, I can see that happening. Uh, you know, but we'll see. We'll see, man. Uh, AJ Jeff Hardy. It was actually an okay match, but as as per usual, Jeff Hardy gets a knee injury during the match and hobbles around. You know, and then all of a sudden looks like he's about to win, and then hobbles around. Um, you know, it was a good match. It, but yeah, you know, whatever. I, I don't want to complain. I just, it, the whole Jeff Hardy stuff, it, it doesn't add up for me. It just doesn't. Um, we had New Day versus Retribution. It's a really, really good tag match. We, we got to see uh, uh, T-Bar and Slapjack as a tag team, which I think, uh, I think myself and Chaos Theory talked about that as well. You know, big guy, little guy tag team within Retribution. Now go. Keep running with it. You know, they worked really well together. Ali's Ali on commentary was just outstanding. Outstanding. Ali did such a great job of in, enforcing what it is that Retribution is doing. You know, but he does that on Raw Talk anyway, right? I mean, this whole story that that Ali is telling. You can find it on social media. You can find it on Raw Talk. You can find it now on the commentary booth. And, you know, like that person said on Twitter, again, shout to you. I don't remember who you are. My bad. That... Having having Ali cause Kofi his shot at the Elimination Chamber is just full circle storytelling. But maybe we get that next year. You know, maybe not. Um, look, this whole this whole uh, Ric Flair storyline, you know, he just doesn't look good, doesn't sound good, and I don't think Lacey needs him. Again, I was chatting with someone else about this whole storyline, and uh, I mean... Look, if you guys like it, go ahead. 
You know what I'm saying? But the whole presentation, Lacey Evans, really could have been just her, again, her army gimmick. You know what I mean? She she already had title shots beforehand. And what, what you're trying to do with this Ric Flair, Charlotte shit, I mean, she's dumped him twice as her dad. And she said it again. And Rick Rick came out. He starts his promo and goes, I don't need my daughter. My daughter doesn't need me. All that shit. And then she comes out to the ring and points to the rope as if Rick is supposed to open it for her. And then Rick goes to do it. They're showing that they still need each other. And Lacey's like, nah, son, you're not supposed to. Like, it's just sloppy. It's fucking sloppy. I want it to be good. I want it to be good. But this whole fucking Lacey Evans, Charlotte Flair storyline is not making sense. Now, their match fucking sucked. Go back and watch that entire fucking match. The spot in the corner. Fucking Lacey pulling down uh, Charlotte. Charlotte not taking a hair bump. Fucking uh, on the on the apron. Fuck, getting her leg pulled and not falling down. Like, the yes, the cell job when uh, when Lacey pulled the arm down. You know, um, I, I, I thought Charlotte hit her head. You know, she didn't. That's good. Um, and then... Charlotte wins the match in the most babyface way possible. She had enough of getting picked on, picks on the picking honors, the bullies, if you will, and gets DQ'd for beating up Lacey Evans in the corner. That's either going to turn Charlotte here on Lacey Evans' babyface, or that's the most babyface way to use Charlotte right now. She's getting bullied by Rick and Lacey. They're talking shit on her for no reason. That's babyface Charlotte. But you're going to show aggression? I'm just not understanding it. Shit's not making sense. What what do you, you know what I mean? What else am I supposed to say? You know, uh, I, I want, I want, I want to like it. I want to like it. And I don't. And I don't. And of course, Rich, Rick has to say that she's a fucking 13 time champ. You know, like, come on. It, it's, it's not good. It's not fucking good. Okay. What was good is Damian Priest versus Angel Garza. You know, we got a pretty decent match. It was nothing too special, but the storytelling that they're doing, you know, they're giving Bad Bunny more and more to do. He's not acting like he's not supposed to be there. He's looking like he's having a fucking blast. You know, this whole shit about Bow Wow wanting to come and be in the WWE. I, I told at Just a Wrestling 5, you know, and I, I say this to everyone. If any celebrity wants to get into the ring, I don't care. You just got to show respect to the art form, give a shit, and try. Remember, me and Justin Time 211 were going back and forth when Pat McAfee came out. And it's like, well, what the fuck is he doing here and all this shit? I'm like, look, as long as he shows up, as long as he gives a shit, as long as he tries, and it looks good, I'm here for it. I'm not I'm not a fan of Bad Bunny. I didn't know him until the Corona commercials. And now he's doing shit in, in wrestling. He's getting massive views from the Puerto Rican audience. Like, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. And while he's here, yes, the mic shot last week when he hit uh, when he hit John Morrison with the microphone looked like shit. Okay, keep it moving. But the whole thing is about making Bad Bunny be credible in some way, shape, or form. No, he's not going to be a title winner. He's not going to be a title contender. But I'll tell you this. I put this out on Twitter, too. If Pat McAfee wins a title in the next six months at NXT, are you mad at that? The guy tells great stories on the mic. He's very plotting in the ring. 
but you can see him finding a way to win, especially against a proper opponent. So if he wins, so what? Because he's been putting in the work, and it doesn't look like shit. That's better than you can say for half the fucking audience. Or, I'm sorry, half the fucking wrestlers. And that's no offense to anyone, but when you got a guy like McAfee who's on the mic doing his thing and in the ring doesn't look like shit, how many wrestlers can you name that don't sound good on the mic, that do look like shit in the ring? You know what I'm saying? So if Bad Bunny's going to keep progressing to a point where he's not making a mockery of the art form that we love, then you got to let it ride out. You got to let it ride out. It might not be for you, and that's okay. That's fine. So don't don't invest yourself in it. Still watch it and go that was cool or all right, yeah, whatever. Like it doesn't it doesn't have to you don't have to take the the roller coaster ride with it. But I tell you, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest together are really doing their thing. They're both really comfortable in their positions. So let's see where this goes. All right, let's let's see where this where this lays out uh you know going forward. Uh not too much left to talk about. Uh, I mentioned it before, Riddle versus Keith Lee. You know, welcome back, Keith Lee. My my smartism hit off in the beginning, and I go, well, back when NXT invaded SmackDown, Riddle and Keith Lee showed up together. So why are they fighting each other? But the whole story is what you have to you know pay attention to, and it was basically you know let's get Lee looking official against Riddle because we're gonna have this U.S. title shit popping off. Um, and I'm cool with that, you know. I think they announced that Elimination Chamber we're going to get um, Keith Lee versus Matt Riddle versus Bobby Lashley, and it's going to be a fucking murder fest. They're going to beat the piss out of each other, and I'm very, very interested. I would definitely like to see Lee versus Lashley one-on-one, but the whole match with Riddle in there too really makes sense. Um, you know, just, just to kind of have the action you know, uh, divide it up a little bit. Uh, it, it's going it's to be a fucking fight, man. It's going to be a fight. They should put the three of them in the fight pit. That'd be fucking awesome. Um, let's see. Let's see. Where can I jump off to here? Um, fuck it. I'll, I'll get right into it. I'll get right into it. Lana versus Nia. Lana versus Nia in a fucking tables match. And I tell you this. If you didn't see it on Twitter, I'll say it right now. That was a perfect wrestling match. The match between Lana and Nia Jax was a perfect wrestling match. Perfect wrestling match. Check this out. You had Lana trying to get the one-up on Nia. Bell rings. She attacks her. Nia goes, I got this. And she slammed the fuck out of her. And the way Lana took those fucking choke slams, those powerbomb choke slams, however they were fucking positioned, beautiful. When Nia did that to Dana, it was either last week or the week before, it looked like she hurt the fuck out of of Dana. Every piece of action in this match was executed damn near flawlessly. And the story they kept telling where Lana is scared but still wants to find a way to win. They had the the fucking David and Goliath thing where she's running around, you know, trying to, to mislead Nia. She gets caught, gets beat up, finds a way to trick Nia. It was all done so fucking 
perfectly. Fucking perfectly. Yo, shout to Lana and Nia for having a perfect wrestling match. Look, I was on this story from the beginning. Lana going through the table week after week after week after week. And if you know that you've been listening for that long, that I jumped off when they made it obvious. Because I was counting the streak. I started at four. When it got to seven, they picked up on it. And I was like, nope, I'm out. Y- y'all can have the story now. You took it away from us. But, again, told told the Twitter co-host, Justin Time 211 that Lana being gone for that long and finding a way back into this match and winning is perfect comeuppance. It was... It was so well done. And the only thing I wish is is that the ending happened with a super kick because Lana's kicks are flawless. She's so flexible that when she when she does her kicks, uh, she had the perfect opportunity to get there. So we'll see how the evolution of her character goes. Uh, but the whole match itself was absolutely, absolutely flawless. And I could not be happier. Could not be happier for Lana. Um, honestly, can't be happier for Nia. She gets so much shit. I give her shit. The entire wrestling community gives her shit for seemingly not taking care of her opponents. You know, this match was done so fucking well. And and I was very, very, very appreciative. The, the whole match was completely, completely done well. But, uh, but yeah, if you haven't noticed the theme of this particular podcast fucking the the coup de gras as they will the serving up on the platter of this fucking match uh was <laughs> was was Lana knocking down Nia and Nia hitting her ass on the hardest part of the ring the apron and screaming my butt my hole <laughs> Shouts to Nia, man. Look, she again, she gets a lot of shit, and and she did fucking awesome in this match. I, I was so happy. It was a really, really fun, really, really good match. Um, it Now, when the match ended, uh, Nia was through a table, so she was incapacitated, and Shayna snuck Lana and Naomi, which sparred off a Naomi-Shayna match. And I tell you, there was a little bit of ring rust in Naomi, but Shayna and Naomi know how to fucking wrestle. They bumped perfect for each other. Uh, Naomi just wasn't as athletic as she usually is. So hopefully she knocks off the ring rust soon. And I, I would say about two, maybe three years ago, this was a fucking dream match. Like what Shayna was doing in NXT and what Naomi was doing or capable of doing on the main roster. That like, you know, what would this match look like? So I'm glad that it's kind of starting out. And of course, you know, uh, Na- Naomi got the win in in you know, they, they understood how to work with each other and everything. And, and Naomi getting the win on, you know, a little bit of a distraction there. You have Lana and Naomi picking up wins individually on the tag champs. And, of course, it's never a good thing. But in this context, both victories for the challengers made sense. Now, not as a tag team. So I'm okay with that. We'll see what happens leading up to the tag match that they had. Because they did say on commentary, eventually. I would like to see it happen in Elimination Chamber. Um, I don't know what I want as far as the tag teams go, um, so I'm not going to fantasy book that. But the the whole setup between challengers and champions in these two matches was was really really fun, really really fun. 
Uh, the only other thing we got on Raw was uh, Randy versus Drew for the first time ever in 2021. Um, I'm fucking done with it, man. I don't need it. I don't fucking need it. I fucking hate the fact that we're still going to this. And not only that, Randy and Drew have really good chemistry. This match was actually turning out to be okay. And it ends in a fucking DQ because Sheamus had to get involved. And it goes off camera with fucking Drew holding the championship high. I get it, man. All right, that's what you guys want. Go ahead. But the whole Drew thing is done. There's nothing There's nothing more I need from it. So we're, we're looking into Elimination Chamber. Let's see how the dust settles. Ed said it too. He's going to... He's going to see how the dust settles before the next, you know, his decision. Um, I'd like to see a title change. I'd like to see a title change because as we're leading towards WrestleMania, if you're going to keep recycling the faces on TV as the champions or, you know, like, like let's say, um, you know, Kevin Owens is going to, he's going to keep being on face, but you're not going to show me, you know, basically the, the evolution of where the card could go. I need to see that. I need to start seeing that. You know, we're only 60-something days away. Uh, but this Sunday is going to be NXT on uh, the conclusion of Wednesday's NXT. I will do an NXT recap and a Vengeance preview. And then I'll also do SmackDown separately. I might put SmackDown and Raw together again. Or I might do a SmackDown and Vengeance uh, post-show. So we'll see. We'll see how all that goes. Other than that, I got nothing else. Um, let's let's enjoy the stories. But the whole thing of wrestling is the whole. Not the micro, but the macro. You need the whole thing. So, with that being said, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TWTakesPodcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, bishoptwtakes at gmail.com. Until next time.